and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, a podcast where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as I'm Gonna Podcast and Difficulty Class, and with me each week are two amazing people who are... I'm Erin M. Evans, I write fantasy novels, best known for Empire of Exiles and the Brimstone Angels Saga. It is I, B. Dave Walters, uh, number one Aaron M. Evans superfan. Um, <laughs> I, I write for film and television, comic books, graphic novels... Pretty much what you won't, I got it. Things and the stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna toot my own honor here for a second. I usually have that uh intro up and I read it off there, even though I feel like I know it, but just in case, and I totally forgot to bring it up and I did it uh verbatim and I'm kinda proud of myself right You're now. So doing nice. great, honey. One oh, take. One oh, one take credit, Trevor. Oh, it's not just that. Actually, I think there's a thing that I forgot to bring up before we started this episode, and I'm going to go to our our podcast thing and double check, but I think Mm -hmm. this is our 75th episode. What? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Bananas. It only we... took me 75 episodes to remember. <laughs> of us saying words about things. Yeah. There yeah. we go. So yeah, I mean, it's 75 uh, episodes. Aaron has birthed multiple novels in that time. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. I suppose I've birthed a couple screenplays too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when, when you show those off, it's like, this is a 75 podcast episode uh, screenplay right here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we keep telling you, if you just like chip at it a day at a time, it'll happen. It. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Hey, but that also means those of you that have been with us from the beginning but haven't finished that first draft, it's time to get to getting. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I also may fit that uh, profile in some ways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's time to get to getting. Um, well, speaking like of get to the getting. parents, you come home, we're like, so? You written mm-hmm. any first drafts lately? <laughs> exactly. Hi. How you doing? Did you get to read them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your word count at? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Well, uh, uh, let's see. We're, we we got a uh, a listener question, and so I thought we'd start things off with that, like we do, uh, which I kind of like for some odd reason. Uh, podcast yeah. usually podcasts you do the question at the end. We do them at the front. I like it because we don't know if it's a two minute question, a twenty minute question, or a hundred and twenty minute. That's question. right. We we are we are untethered. Is, 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 are we actually going to get to the topic I proposed, or will it just be this? We'll see. I appreciate right when you said untethered, I tried to stand up and got caught in the tank. <laughs> Like literally at that exact second where I'm like, okay, great. Uh, that yeah, happened, I, audience. See, here's again, I, I know I get people that all the time that say you, you all need to do this as a video podcast too. And I, this is going to be one of them where we get that. <laughs> Just for the record, dear listener, I tried like a lot. So. <laughs> and Aaron and I were like, we usually record this at nine. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you look marvelous, both of you, always. I mean, and Aaron is so sparkly right now. She is. She's very she's sparkly. She's so sparkly right now. This you is know, my, my, my anti-depression dump, duh, duster. It's I like the green well, and, it's and sequiny it, and yes. It's, it cheered me up additionally. It's like got more sparkles than a disco ball. <laughs> that is true. Vicarious. It also sharing. feels like wearing a bathrobe. It's great. Oh. Yeah. I'm also have a very cozy bathrobe. I don't have it on right now because it's hot in here, but I mean, where, where I was thinking self-care is important. Pulled it out. Mm-hmm. 
so uh, this is a uh, uh, email from Chris. Uh, it says, hello, tangent gods. Oh, gosh. Oh, we, we, we have elevated yes. in status. <laughs> uh, thanks for being such beautiful fucking legends. I love that. That's Aww. that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a story I've been developing that uh, at its core is a horror-ish epic sci-fi, or sorry, epic fantasy story with some ancient science fiction roots. Down the road in the fantasy story, I would like to introduce the sci-fi past into the setting in a major way. I'm worried that this will alienate my readers, uh, which begs the question, do I do as the, and I'm not kidding, B-Dave, in parentheses, they put the late George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, I just, first of all, first of all, dear listener, whoever sent this, I like the cut of your jib. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, do as the late George R. R. Martin did and introduce this uh, out of genre concept immediately. Do I kind of do that, uh, but leave things uh, amorphous so that uh, I could later, uh, I could later on see what perhaps reference sci-fi, uh, science fiction, but initially it's uh, left unsaid with clever writing. Is mixing the genres just a bad idea? And should I have uh, leave the sci-fi elements out of the story? Uh, I can't be the first person to do this. <laughs> You're not. I. You're not. Well, uh, also. What, yeah, okay, sorry, please finish. Yeah, I'm just going to finish this uh, real quick because I know I mm-hmm. sometimes forget to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. What is this genre called? Science and Dragons, fan-fi, <laughs> horrific <laughs> fiction. Thank you wonder, uh, Thank you for the wonderful podcast, novels and screenplays and live plays, comics, streams, and all that you do. Uh, I love you all, Chris. P.S. I miss Susan. Shout out to Chris. Um, I will tell you, I actually just dealt with this Mm. um it was not the final version of the project for a few other reasons but this was the plan Uh, i recently wrote a world war ii action movie which is actually in development now thank little baby jesus but the original plan is we were starting with a relatively grounded story that was going to turn into straight up Wolfenstein. Like, I mean, it, it was going to be zombie, cyber, Nazi yeah. madness, right? Whereas the first movie was kind of not that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the Mad Max movies, that's kind of, I mean, the yeah. first Mad Max is pretty down to earth. This is a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. dude with a police car. And then you get to Fury Road and you're like, okay, nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> and the way I did it was I had the Nazis just have a little bit of unusual technology and even have other people be like, what is that? What, what is that? You know, Mm. that that guy's got, and it's kind of like, I don't worry about what I've got type thing. You know what I mean? Where I, I'd at least planted the seed that the concept of, you know, technology beyond what you expect exists, Yeah, you know, so that that seed could sprout later. I think if you're going to do this and you can, very early somebody's got to have the broken astrolab or something you know what i mean that you're like what does that thing do and it's like well we flip this switch and it spins by a power that we don't understand Mm -hmm. anyway back to the fancy (laughs) shit you know what i mean because because at least you've you've nodded towards it yeah and then you you can kind of introduce it later at least that's my thought yeah i think so just just to clarify it starts out and it's so it starts fantasy? off as like like a horror-ish epic fantasy story, and yeah, then, and then the sci-fi. world has sci-fi okay. roots. So two things, and one is basically exactly what B. Dave said. Yeah. People like to be surprised; they don't like to be tricked. So yes. mm-hmm. when you do that reveal, there should have been we should look back and go, "Oh, of course, of course, it was Earth all along." 
mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't, you, that shouldn't come out of nowhere. Um, when it comes out of nowhere, it's confusing and it feels like you tricked me into reading a sci-fi novel mm-hmm. instead of, I saw the possibility of this. I wondered what the astrolabe was about, which is exciting, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you mm-hmm. will, it will be for a certain kind of reader because this is the other thing. So obviously I love cross genre. Uh, I love when things get mixed up. That's my favorite. Um, it is not for everybody. And so mm-hmm. there is a little bit of like a gamble here, right? You will create something new and it is not an odd thing to like science fantasy is a whole genre. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of stuff where it sort of looks like fantasy, but it's actually sci-fi or, you know, we find out that there's more technology here than we thought, right? Um, the Pern series is really famous for this. Um, like it's all dragons and people flying dragons on this planet that turns out actually these people were from space. Um, and so, so like, it's not, it's not so wild. No one can possibly figure out how to market it, Mm -hmm. but, but you will find like that people who really like sci-fi maybe aren't going to pick it up if the sci-fi is the surprise and people who really like fantasy, but don't like sci-fi might hit that point and go like, blug. However, (laughs) if what your story is, is this horror fantasy that turns into, uh, turns out to be, you know, science fiction, like, if that's the core of it, I would never say strip that out, right? You are yep. going to get into a situation where people might people might not understand it, but then those won't be your readers, right? And you could create something really cool and new. Now, if you look at it and you're like, I don't actually need this. I just like the idea of having a twist, then you know, I would shed it. Like, yeah. that's if it's not necessary, it's not necessary. But if it's necessary, you can absolutely make this work. Yeah, I, I think... The fantasy concept that the ancients used to have high technology is not really that innovative. Uh, in yeah. in even the the moment you introduce the astrolab, some people are going to be like, "Oh, the ancients were high technology." I got it. You know what I mean? So you you gotta there's got to be some twist there. And there's some yeah. things that for whatever reason just don't mix. Um, right now, Adam Driver's movie Sixty Five <laughs> is in theaters and it yeah. is doing very poorly. And I read an article. I didn't even know it was coming until I went to see Shazam and just saw a a picture of it. And I read an article that was talking about dinosaurs and time travel movies fail every time. And they listed like six that I didn't even think of. You know what I mean? That they're just like, for whatever reason, people just don't want that. You think they want that, but they don't. Whereas like Jurassic Park makes all the money. But something about it's 65 million years ago and I got a machine gun. People just don't want it yeah. for whatever reason. Fascinating. Um, I agree. Yeah. I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought it if you just said it. But then mm-hmm. I looked at the numbers and I was like, right. Uh, I actually way- saw an interview with the, or I didn't say, I read an interview with the director of that movie who was just like, hey, why does Jurassic Park get to be the only dinosaur movie? Like, we, we, the, I wanted this one to be more. So You know, I think the fact that at its core, Jurassic Park brought the wonder to us and therefore it was a wonder that we could experience versus yeah. some other people went back to another time that we can't necessarily want to go to. I don't know. I could probably unpack the psychology. I just know that it's oh, true. Oh, yeah. Uh, the... lit, like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. Yeah, I won't. Like, I have that's, notes. I that's it, right? There's a piece <laughs> yeah. there. Like, the like. I mean, there's something absolutely terrifying about a zoo full of dinosaurs because obviously mm-hmm. that does not go very well. Mm-hmm. But there's something really existentially terrifying of, like, you could go back 65 million years with dinosaurs and be stuck there. That so, uh, mm-hmm. is genuinely terrifying. <laughs> You know, again, for whatever reason, the free market's spoken. Um, Yeah. The last thing I would say, which is kind of tangential to what Aaron was saying, but related, is 
depending what your story is, you might be better off splitting them. Like if there is a specific reason why the high technology beget the magic, well then yes, she's right. Science fantasy is a thing. Yeah. But if you just kind of have a neat fantasy idea and kind of have a neat sci-fi idea, you know, then maybe you can unhook those two things and have a more effective fantasy idea and a more effective sci-fi idea. So just something to consider. Yeah. What do you think, Trevor? Uh, well, like, yeah, th- this is definitely uh, a genre that that um, is. I mean, Dragon Riders of Pern is like this. Um, uh, Shannara is actually like this. Uh, I actually, I actually looked it up. Um, and sorry if you're reading the Shannara series right now. Uh, I'm going to spoil something, so I guess take off your this headphones. Is Shannara or Shannara? It's Shannara. I found out because Terry Brooks uh, did an interview. Oh. He's like, "Yep, that's how it's pronounced." I don't know. That's just how I had it said in my head um hmm. i yeah. mean that that was like minzo barnes on you know yeah. it's like oh all right yeah you literally are the authority those books started in 1977 um and it was like high fantasy and everything and then in 2006 a series uh of shannara books came out and they're like surprise it was earth all along uh all these ruins that we've been talking about is like the seattle tower and stuff um <laughs> and so hmm. that's like the long con and that is definitely the exception to the rule because i do think that there is this level of hey if you know you know over third over a third of the way into my fantasy book it turns out that it's sci-fi everyone who is going to be in it for the sci-fi isn't going to get through the fantasy to read that uh and anyone that is like oh yeah i i love uh, sci-fi and fantasy even if you tell them it turns uh, sci-fi eventually they're going to be reading through all this fantasy going where's my sci-fi um yeah. whereas if yeah if you give them some hints you give them some foreshadowing or just straight up tell them at the beginning there is an expectation that is set and you you as you both were saying you don't trick them <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't pull the the cloth off their table and go haha it was a sci-fi table the whole time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> people get pissed off about that yeah yeah they do Yep. Um, I, I will. I will say. Uh, there, there's one other thing that I know that I used to do this, and I've seen this in several emails about like trying to pick a like trying to fit a genre name onto what you're working on. And I I actually think the best recommendation for that is just say it's it's a. Uh, I almost do it like uh, video games. Now. I'm like it's a uh, fantasy with sci-fi elements. The thing yep. is, the thing about that is like. What you actually, if you're if you're looking to publish traditionally, what you're actually going to need to do is figure out comp titles. So being like, it's like this book or this mm-hmm. element of this book and this element of this book, um, had a baby. Uh, <laughs> but but so you don't actually need to necessarily figure out the genre because that's going to be on the marketing team of whoever. Yep gets this now if you're self-publishing you are it does behoove you to figure out like what marketing marketing category you want to hit and and who's your audience sure yeah and make sure that you fit it and present it really well to like get get that momentum Mm -hmm. um this is not my forte so but yeah so like you if you're not if you're looking at it you're like is it fantasy is it horror is it sci-fi like you look around like what's like this what's got this what's got this it's the dna in this right that's what's going to explain to someone how your book mm-hmm. can sell 
I will tell you, and something else, a, a, a project that I've been working on, um, th this is one of those long-term passion projects that I pinky promise is going to see the light of day. Um, when I did this, for me, there is a sci-fi story and there is a fantasy story, and the two are unrelated. And then there is something you're going to see in both that kind of lets you know that, like, this is actually the same world. Like, mm. they never touch. But it's like... It's like, imagine if you see the Death Star and you're out on a spaceship and then you're down on the ground and you look up and you're like, that's a weird shaped moon with a gun on the side. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, back to side. some dragon shit. You know what I mean? So that the reader's like, ah! you know, but I mean, otherwise the stories, you know, are the, the twain never connect. I'm basically. Sorry. I just yeah. saw it by head. Gun moon. Oh, yeah, I just story. saw it by head Rogue One with it popping up over Scarif, but like a gun emoji. Yeah. Just <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm coming for you, Krennic. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. Yep. Uh, well, Chris, I, I hope that uh, answered your question. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I we recommend doing it uh, early so uh, people don't feel tricked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, thank you for writing that in. Uh, folks, if you want to send in any of your questions or anything like that, you can send them into writingaboutdragonsshit at gmail.com like Chris did, and we'll talk about them on the episode like we just did. Yep. Uh, but onto the, the, the topic, and that was one that I, I had this this morning, just thinking about all of the times that I was like, I need this thing to like really sit down and write. I need to do this before I can really start working on my book. Mm. Like there, there was so many times of that stuff. And I kind of wanted to have the, a conversation about it in case there's any folks out there who may be you know putting a you know wall in front of themselves and whatnot let me let me clarify what it is that you're asking mm -hmm. is do you mean in the sense that i must have done x amount of research and i say research in air quotes stuff like that you know, yeah i've read enough book or do you mean like, i gotta light this candle and drink this tea or, no, you know, no 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 not just, not <laughs> not like not like a ritual or anything if you got your rituals do your rituals you know whatever helps you write Ooh, uh i i mean i mean like like stuff we've talked about with world building. It's like, I have to know every aspect of this world before I can write this story. Hang on. Let me, let me do something that again is going to be a wonderful listening experience. And I'm actually going to show, share my screen to oh show my, you all. Oh, what is here. happening? Can you, can you see this? I'm going to talk through it so you can see it, but you can, this is, I have a specific Google window. Hold I on, have a ton it. of tabs. Be, yeah, yeah uh -huh. I would, the wow. tabs, buddy. Oh, 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 hang on, wait, so look, can tabs. you, can you see the, the no, I, I have, I have, this is, this is one window of multiple tabs. This is just <laughs> I the writing your, research window. I love your chaos and I'm here for it. <laughs> just that but as you see here uh, at the top there's a bunch of google docs those are these first five or so those are different projects right mm -hmm. and as i'm making my notes i look things up as i'm like hmm what is this like this right here is a tab when i was researching um uh different kinds of ghosts in chinese right mm -hmm. uh this is one where i was like researching uh terrorist organizations in the 80s <laughs> right um you know and if you notice like there's mad wikipedia uh tabs yeah. up here because i'll be like what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And then I pull it up and I keep it all in this one place on purpose, even though the yeah. actual notes of the document are like over, you know, where I'm kind of keeping track of what's going on. But I'll start, you know, I've talked about the beats lots of times, but you guys can see my real time process because this was a project that you guys um, read mm -hmm. where I started mm -hmm. with 
I kind of had, here's kind of my core idea. This is, this is the thing I want to do, right? And then mm -hmm. you will see, I'll go down the list and I'll kind of write a couple of points. And it's like, I actually will almost think it out multiple times in the document where you'll be mm -hmm. like, this is how they're going to rob the bank. Or is this how they're going to rob the bank? Or is this how they're going to rob the bank? Mm -hmm. And then it starts to coalesce into something. Well, I, like, I'll have some pictures and stuff. But it'll coalesce into something more recognizable eventually as I scroll a little further here. Where I, I thought get you down... had made that chart. No. I know the, the listeners can't, don't know what I'm talking no. about. No. It was a chart from somewhere else. And I was glad because I thought he made a whole chart. <laughs> but eventually you get to the beats. And again, now you guys having read this, you can kind of see where some of these things coalesce. Where I was like, there, I literally was like, they're riding in a vessel. Is it a rocket? Is it a hot air balloon? I know what I wrote, which actually is kind of a hot air balloon dangling from a from a rocket. But <laughs> by the time I get to the beats, after this, there's nothing left to do but write. Mm -hmm. And I will start writing the thing that I wrote the beats for. Sometimes I'll have like specific lines that I want to have in there. But a lot of times it'll be a conceptual thing. And as I'm going through the beats fleshing it out i'll be like "Ooh, i need a cool word for what's a ghost in chinese and then i pull it up and then i have it and that's kind of that's kind of my process in this process for me usually is pretty quick like by uh, from the you know i've shared with you all because again i have struggles and stuff sometimes allegedly what's hard for me is writing session to session you know what i mean like it's time to write today you know what i mean mm -hmm. turn everything off and start writing which is why the uh, uh pomodoros has been so useful to me because it's like i just got to go 25 minutes and then i look up and i've done a couple hours mm -hmm. um so that whole process that i showed is actually really fast and that part's pretty fun and so from from when i have the idea like those three stories, I laid out the bones of three stories in one day. Yeah. That's not hard. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is what I need, mm -hmm. this is what I need, this is what I need. And then you get into it and do it. You know, that's my process. So, well, so, so this is kind of my question though. How, how long has that been your process? Like, like when you were first starting off doing stuff, did you find yourself meandering on things that you thought you needed to know or do before you could get to that point? I didn't have a huge problem with paralysis by analysis although that very much happens yeah i also give myself free reign to learn things so it comes back around you know what i mean so i never i never felt like that effort was wasted you know mm -hmm. like I, I told you i was looking up terrorist factions in the 80s well maybe that means i read some terrorist factions in the 70s you know maybe, maybe i'm like who was the first terrorist faction and i read about the hashishin and i'm like well that shit's just filed in my brain by the way mm -hmm. which for the record the hashishin which is where the word assassin comes from were fucking incredible mm -hmm. they would sneak into your house they'd leave a <laughs> knife under your pillow and that was how you knew Jesus. they were like after the day after they left the knife under your pillow somebody would show up the next day and be like so bro you know what i mean like uh you know this guy sent us I, to send a message do you understand the message you know what like, i mean hey yeah. they have so many knives they put one under your pillow like this was a knife they didn't need you imagine waking up and you're like 
There's a knife under my pillow. <laughs> that is the most horrific reversal of the tooth fairy I've ever heard. Uh, right? You know what I mean? That they were like, it's like, we just need you to know you'd be triple dead if we wanted yeah. that. So now we need to negotiate. Yeah. The yeah. assassins were yeah. incredible. But, you know, that that kind of thing didn't bother me. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, I, I didn't feel like I'd wasted time. Yeah, I get that. Because it comes back around somewhere else. I mean, I've been doing this seriously for 20 years now. So I'm sure that process is definitely refined. But yeah. I think the process is refined, quite frankly, because I'd have more raw material to build from. Yeah, you know, I've fair. just taken in enough stuff and done enough stuff that I can be like, oh, cool. It'll be this, 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 and this. Yeah. Boom. You know? So, yeah, that's my I, process. That was cool. Thanks. Yeah, that actually <laughs> really was. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. were there was a number of tabs, dear listener. Like like There's like seven number. Yeah. yeah. In fact, so actually, many it didn't hang, didn't say a number. I'll, 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 I'll tell you the I'll tell you the exact number. Hang oh, on a second, because so I'll close it, and then when it asks me if I want to restore it, it'll tell me exactly how many. It's uh <laughs> oh no. Uh, fifty three tabs. Fifty three. Oh, that's, that's nothing. nothing. A respectable number. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty-three. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like I know that when that I I did find things several or several things throughout my time writing uh over the past decade even that it was like, okay, I didn't need to do that. Like um I I had a notebook and I was just like, okay, I've I've gotta I've gotta keep all my, my ideas about this book in this notebook. Uh I gotta go through and do this. I gotta, I gotta know all the things about all my characters. I gotta know all the stuff about the world. And I but the thing is though is I was writing them more in like questions like, what about if this happened? What about if this happened? And I just kept going in circles over and over and over again. But I was like, Well, I, I'm not at that point where I, I feel like I can write, so I'm not gonna write yet because I keep going in circles. <laughs> Yeah, this is where I feel like if that's what you're doing, then you should just start. And if it's wrong, then you can throw it out and yep. write another thing. But it's harder to loop when you are actually writing your story than yep. it is when you're thinking about your story, especially if you're yep. thinking about things adjacent to your story, mm -hmm. like world building. Um, I honestly, I have to admit I feel like these days I'll do a little bit of research. I'll do more research if it's something like work for hire kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. hey, will you write a story in our world? I will learn about your world. Oh, become yep. a big old nerd about your world. That is <laughs> that is how I made my made my name. Uh <laughs> I, 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 I know you're telling the story, but I don't I don't mind outing this now because these people, you know, are are, are no longer involved. When I was hosting the Predator series for Fox, we were producing uh -huh. web content for Fox. The entire marketing team hadn't seen the movies. What? What? I was what? like, I was I like, so I, much. I was like, yeah. I watched all three of these the night before the audition. You know what I mean? I'm like, you could have knocked this out in an evening if you cared. I'm like, you could hire me as the the writer of the Polly Pocket tie-in fiction, and in about a week, I'ma have Polly Pocket eyes fucking cold. <laughs> right? Like, don't come. <laughs> yeah. Mm, no. Uh, this is like a whole rant, right? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but uh, I find often like figuring out, figuring out the story, I will bump into the things I need. Like you were talking about, like going, mm -hmm. oh, I need to find a particular kind of Chinese ghost. Like, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
with relics of ruin i realized i needed to make up a story about uh like a monster right and i was like okay i'm gonna stop and i'm gonna make up a quick story about the monster and then it becomes a motif through the book mm -hmm. but i like okay i have to go i'll go research some forest monsters right like having that and being able to come back to your book quickly is a skill you got to build um but I find mm -hmm. that means I don't do a lot of research I didn't need and like. Yeah, it's born it's born out of necessity. I have a question for you though. Uh, you did come up with uh, multiple magic systems for this. Um, to what extent? And you know, I talked to you during some of some of your thought process yeah. the, you know, along the way here. But I would say two things: which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you have the story, or did you have a neat idea for a magic system? And and. To what extent were they engineered independent of one another, or was it all kind of holistic? Not holistic. One of the one of the triggering ideas for the whole thing was I want a magic system that feels like an anxiety disorder. I've always kind of liked the idea of like like magic users that can sort of like talk to inanimate objects. So that's the main magic system is the affinity magic, where they can kind of read and communicate with worked materials of a particular type, right? Um, and then knowing that I didn't want that to be like, for most people, that isn't terribly impressive. Like mm -hmm. it's good for being a big nerd about artifacts basically, or like, you know, doing handwriting analysis, I guess like, Oh, this pen came, this thing came from this pen. Um, but it's not like going to fireball somebody. Um, and then the other one is, uh, I'm not going to lie because I really am lazy about specific world building things. So I'm like, I have a giant archive and I don't want to fuss about people having candles. So boom, cold magic lamps. And I don't want people, I, I don't want it to be like, well, actually the way you're storing that is bad. I'm like, guess what? They have uh, basically HVAC panels, magical HVAC panels. The Borosians carried the magic out of the Black Mother Forest and they combined it with Karaji and Beminat technology and they built these cool things. And so we have limited modern conveniences. So I don't have to figure out how people turn on the lights safely. And and it ended up being things like oh like oh well if that's the case then that means this right mm -hmm. yeah if we can if we can do and and it's it's still fairly limited like or or I you know I wanted I had a sense of what this place felt like but I also wanted them to drink coffee but there's no like greater trade so hey the quali brought co coffee bushes and we used the cold magic to uh, genetically engineer the plants because that does that too. Mm -hmm. Um, it is basically my magic eraser for fixing silly things. Well, However, it does become important in Relics of Ruin. Um, I would say two things, as we've spoken many times before. I mean, mm -hmm. 75 episodes, we probably talked about this 60 <laughs> times. Yeah, who knows? Is consistency. Mm. Again, you, you can do literally anything. And the example I always give is Superman can fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes and is bulletproof because reasons the story is like that's how a kryptonian works and you're like dope bugs bunny can pull a mallet from behind his back and hit you with it and you know fly in the air and and, and drive and dress like an immaculate drag queen same thing no problem the moment superman pulls a hammer out of nowhere you're like the fuck is this right you know, and it all falls apart. Especially if like, you know, if we're talking about like multiple stories, right? And then like, there's been several instances where wouldn't it be handy if he pulled a hammer out from behind his back and you didn't do it? 
Yep. Like, and then all of a sudden it's like, but now I can do it because it's it's over here. Like, like you've just created a giant plateau. Yep. So, and it's a, it's a, it's a big problem. I would also say something that that Aaron and I both alluded to that is is. You know, again, nobody cares about your 10,000 years of world building. And I think there is a direct correlation between excessive world building and being a rookie mistake. Mm -hmm. Whereas we're like, here's the sandbox. This is the vibe of the world. And I might even roughly know the gods are real or aren't real or, you know, yeah. turns out, you know, you're floating <laughs> on space in the, on the back of a giant turtle or something, you know what I mean? Just so I can kind of have my yeah. own context. But it's like, it's, it's like, it's like a video game rendering. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? how far does the clip plane need to be yeah. for this to work? And I will give you that. And I may know, you know, what's what's 10 feet above, what's 10 feet below and on either side type thing. And then as you move, I will reveal more things to you as it is now required. Um, but you don't have to map out the planet if your story is taking place in Manhattan. Yeah. 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 And a lot of this stuff too, like I feel like a lot of world building, the world building that is going to get you the most like kind of texture is the stuff that your characters like interact with. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, they need to stop and eat. So what's the food stall? To have this conversation, we need to stop and have a conversation. So let's stop and get something to eat. And what does this food stall sell? Well, it sells rock rock. These are chickpea pancakes and they're not very good. They're all burnt. It sucks. Right. Yep. Now I've given you several pieces of information about the world. Right. And I've given you some, some sensory textures. Right. And, and so that is that kind of stuff. You wouldn't want to try to figure out what does everybody eat. Yeah. Right. Yep. You don't necessarily, and it's not because it's not like, I see this often too. Like, as long as we're talking about the pro, pre-world building, like it happens a lot more, I think with people who play uh, role-playing games, because mm. it sometimes behooves you to kind of make a, do some prep work and like make a map and figure out where things are because you don't know what your players are going to do. And the thing about a novel is you decide what they're going to yep. do. You're the boss. You don't <laughs> have to make, you don't have to be prepared for anything to juke. Cause if it jukes and you're like, I don't want it. Those fuckers only roll a 20 when you say so. Exactly. Yep. Nobody can be like, mm, I don't actually want to go on a quest. Let's go be pirates because yeah. not a choice. And if they do do that and you want to do that, then you can stop and do whatever research about mm-hmm. pirates you want. I will yep. suggest like figuring out before you jump in on something that you know how something like uh i had a problem with a book where i needed a boat to do something and then i looked it up and i was like that is actually really complicated boats can't do that very easily and i need it to happen easily so i had to rewrite that scene that was important research we you know, uh, but i will say something that, that we talked about uh again no spoilers uh, so i mean incredibly vague in sort of the denouement for your current novel and you were mm-hmm. like this doesn't work this way and i was like magic yo <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah i still like, there's still like you fixed it but i mean and i, I well but to the that, point the consistency magic consistency, the consistency. Yes. it had to this world says right you know it can only be this superman cannot pull the hammer out yes yeah. superman can fly and shoot lasers superman can't pull out the hammer you know yeah. in in a manner of speaking again being incredibly vague i feel like the solution was kind of like yeah but green lantern can pull out a hammer and you're like dope bring in green lantern everything works he makes a right. hammer with the ring yeah done done i know uh, a guy that makes ham you need a hammer i got a hammer guy. Hammers. No? Um, I, I will i will say something i think you need to decide early as well uh two things really is is your narrator reliable 
you know like can mm-hmm. can can you trust what you're being told about this world um if old nan says we're descended from the seafarers 1200 years ago and you're like great i mean is this the type of world where you're like if old nan said it that is what it is or is it the type of world that you're going to get there and you're like well old nan was wrong or old nan was lying or mm. you know what i mean yeah. like and in in you you kind of in a very broad framework you kind of have to understand that because you look at something like star wars you know obi-wan pretty much came right across the plate with luke about you know what the jedi were and how the galaxy worked and when he was like well you didn't tell me my father was still alive and obi-wan was like ah to me he isn't you know what i mean and that is kind of you know now from you're a like certain point from of a view. certain point of view i was so <laughs> glad obi-wan finally brought that together and made it not just gaslighting um <laughs> and it was so beautiful the way they actually did it yeah um but you know but 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 that had been set up in such a way still that you were like i understand why obi-wan didn't tell him that it doesn't mean that obi-wan is now lying about everything you know what i mean um in yeah. in you, you know you you have to bake that into the fabric of the narrative for the for the reader to kind of take that where where you want it to go uh i mean again before his untimely passing we knew that every narrator in the game of thrones was unreliable because all we were ever getting was their point of view and we knew they could say something and it may or may not be true and then like that's okay because you're it was never touted as absolute truth it was touted as this person's perspective in a world that we know is kind of fucky yeah you know so think about that well, so you've you both been talking about world building with this, um, and one of the things that yeah pulled my thoughts back to the topic was there was a there was a a point where I was like I'll there I'll know when I've world built enough, and and I think <laughs> and, and that's the, and right yeah right it's ridiculous no uh, but it's so common right yeah it's yeah so common and, and I think that's why doing like just the world building that you need for the story is is really good and again i'm not saying it doesn't work that way plenty of people have done it the other way but the reason it works for me is i can't get lost in the world building i can only go down so far because this is what the story needs oh but what about what about how they use lights uh, no one's going to anywhere that uses fucking lights, so you don't need to care. <laughs> well, you know, it's like one of those things that almost no story ever addresses. Most stories never address. Where do people poop? You know, yeah. is it? That, yeah, how's poop work? Yeah, you know what I mean. Most stories don't. Video address games it. don't even do it. Where are the toilets yeah. in, in Pelican Town in Stardew Valley? There's no yeah, toilets. I mean. Link, shitting in the river. I was about to say, Link is a menace and he'd be out shattering toilet bowls uh, if he could find them in Hyrule, you know, um, because, he, you know, it's kind of like what, what level of, of detail are you after? And I think you yeah. also got to remember something. The story's not about the world. The story's never about the world. The story's okay. about a person. Mm-hmm. And remember, there's one main character. You might think there's multiple. It's like, no, there's not. There isn't. There's one main character. You might have other important characters and the viewer will come into the story and the story will live or die by, do we give a damn about these people? 
Yep. You know, now, once you have established that other things can happen, like, I mean, I love the USS Enterprise, but I love the USS Enterprise because of the adventures I feel like I took on it with my friends. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like that. Yeah. that's why I give a damn about that or or the Galactica, you know, in the, in the finale <laughs> of Battlestar Galactica. I'm like, spoiler alert, even though it was like 20 years ago when oh, every time, God. you know, near the end, the, the the thing that was so brilliant about that show is they did it with the people as well as the craft. It's like every time it got beat up and scarred, you could see it like mm-hmm. after the battles, like there were still marks on it. And they kept being like, she can't jump. She can't jump. She can't jump. And they finally did it. And it all got busted up. There's that long. Yeah. Goom, 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 goom. And they were like, her back's broke. She'll never jump again. It was like, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> my, my baby, my you know? baby. It's because of the, you know, the the journey that we've taken along the way. It wasn't the ship. It was never the ship. You know, it's it's even even when you have really rich developed worlds like the Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth matters because of who's in it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So definitely. that that's yeah that's that's where you should be directing. You know, I I would rather hear somebody. I mean, I think it would be a mistake to completely plot out. Aragon's line from Isildur to Aragon, although I think we both know those genealogies exist. <laughs> but Google even if it's just a, yeah, I'm sure it does. But even if it was like so and so begets so and so begets so and like I, I know it was, I, I know it was fifty generations type thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, but his thirty fifth grandfather died to an arrow in the neck in the woods fighting goblins, you know what I mean? And if you just kind of know that much, maybe. But the further you're going down that rabbit hole, it's like, well, you're not. We're talking about you're Aragorn, not writing man. a story anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're exactly. writing. You're writing the histories. Exactly, exactly. Which I won't say nobody wants. There is a market for it, but this is where I point out: if the Silmarillion had been Tolkien's first book, none of us would have ever heard of that dude. Nobody <laughs> cares about Aragorn's line because before they care about Aragorn. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't find the Aragorn one, but I did find all the elves. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then there's Gandalf think... and the Valnar and all. Good that. lord, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of, of a lot of people, a lot, a lot of, people. of elves, especially when a lot of those elves are still alive to know each other. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, who are you? Yeah, you're my 35th grandfather. We're just oh, both alive. Shit. Yeah. Oh shit! Right. I, I, that's a lot of birthdays. I forgot to get you cards for. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 sort of thing, like it did definitely hang me up and like why haven't i started writing and i guess that's like kind of like bare bones of this this topic is like what's stopping you from writing and so, mm. sorry i was gonna say the one big 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 thing is i think for a lot of people the thing stopping them is fear yep like like but the but the and this is the this is the beautiful gift of the shitty first draft yep right <laughs> Yes. The thing about the thing about writing is that you really have to enjoy writing. Yep. And you can't enjoy writing unless you are writing. Like you can't yep. figure out if you like it until you start doing it, right? Yep. And so you'll see people get kind of an idea for a book and talk about the book and want to do the book and never actually write the book, right? Because yep. writing is scary. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of words to write a book. It's a it's time and um it can feel very overwhelming, right? And it's it's also like you know, this is a journey. Like, <laughs> and, and it's perfect in your head. It's, it's always in perfect head. in your head. And 100% <laughs> of artists feel this way, for the yeah. record. Painters feel this way. Musicians feel this way. I mean, the, the, it's the thing you, 
and it is made manifest through your flawed human faculty <laughs> and you and you being you who have your halcyon pure vision of it will always see the seams always oh yeah yep. be like that's where i meant it to be this other thing and it, she doesn't quite how i but remember again the worst thing you write is better than the best thing you did not write is mm -hmm. get it out of your head yeah. then it exists then it can be polished perhaps you're polishing a turd understand it is not going to be as great as you expected unless you're weird like me and i read what i wrote i'm like that was legit <laughs> and also understand 10 years later you'll be able to do it better 10 years yeah. later you'll come back oh, and yeah. read it and see more of the seams and be oh, like yeah. oh i know what i was getting at but i, I should have that's where i should have and then you know right I think it's also kind of like you get used. I, I don't know. I like I am not as good at holding on to a positive self-image as B. Dave is. I don't know if anybody is, but I, I'm, 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 I'm maybe on your I'm just delusional. <laughs> I don't think so. I know you. So, But here's the thing. I will say even I like will look back on things and I do really like what I wrote. Mm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will be able to go. Ah, not that though. Tick, 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 tick. But part mm -hmm. of that is I feel like the more you do this, the more you kind of like separate the work from yourself. Right. So me looking at a draft and even me looking at a draft and being really angry at how bad I feel like it's going. Like I might be angry at myself for like why I can't make this work better, but I don't feel like that that is. And I think people get confused about this sometimes because I will yell about my book and they think that I'm yelling about myself. And I'm like, no, I'm mostly yelling about the book. The book is not doing the thing I'm trying to make it do. And I'm getting frustrated. But but that's over here. And I feel like the more you do it, the more you, it, the easier it is. And and I think the more you do it, the more you embrace doing it badly and fixing it, yeah. the easier it is to say, this is the thing I am working on and here is me. And so it is easier to work on it and not be afraid of it because it's this thing you're making, right? If it's not perfect, yeah. you can make it perfect. I mean, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. That's it. I was tailing, trailing off. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, go on Goodreads and read the one-star review of classics. <laughs> yeah. You know? Go go read people just absolutely dunking on Shakespeare. <laughs> you know? and you're like, the book mm. that you yo know, the last book you read where you're just like, how how am I ever going to compete with this? Mm. Somebody's got some things to say about that. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh yeah. And I mean, and that's not even accounting for the people that will be disagreeable simply because it's popular. I've known oh, people God. like that a lot. I've never understood that, that it's like, this is the number one movie in the world, and that is why I will not watch it. And I'm like, <laughs> seems like you just miss out on a lot of dope shit that way, but okay. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I will say, however, uh, and obviously agreeing with everything that Aaron just said, the only defense for this is just to do it but again give yourself permission to write a word you know i mean i i think i think word counts and getting my 1500 in and doing nanorimo and all those things are very noble if you're the kind of person that that works for um i i watched this is different but but unrelated i, I watched this guy 
who it was kind of a clickbaity title where he's like meditation doesn't work and i was like mm, i kind of got twenty thousand years of history that says different but go on and what he was really saying wasn't that meditation didn't work it was him trying to have a consistent practice didn't work for him because the idea that it's like i gotta stop at 10 a.m you know what i mean i gotta stop mm -hmm. at 10 a.m for 20 minutes and then it's like well what if i what if i have a phone call what if i sleep late what if i and then it's 10 30 and i haven't done it now i'm stressed that i didn't do it and he's like the 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 committing to it was making him stressed out mm -hmm. to what i would have said to that dude is i was like great if that's bothering you then just when you can close your eyes for one minute you know what i mean when you can you know it's, mm -hmm. it's the same thing i would say if if the concept of getting 150,000 words is overwhelming and it is get one because yeah. the reality is if you write a word you're gonna write a sentence you write a sentence you're probably gonna write a paragraph you write mm -hmm. a paragraph probably gonna write a page and maybe that's gonna be the end but even if you're like she was sad save an exit well hey you know what i mean over another you stack You've up enough movement. days you know yeah. what i mean it's going to be done uh but the longer you do nothing nothing happens you know uh to to illustrate the point about goodreads i did decide to go to uh -huh. shakespeare on goodreads uh-huh and i've my, my favorite review so far is from uh someone named sophia uh two stars so, period. Wait, for like a collected Shakespeare? No, no, for Romeo and Juliet. Sorry, I thought okay, I was about to say that. For Romeo it. and Juliet, two stars. So, period. I finally read this. I regret everything. Review to come. <laughs> that was in 2021, Sophia. Where's the review? Where is my review? I want my two-star review. Hopefully the weed wore off, and that's why you didn't get the review. And I told you, one, one of the darkest periods of my entire life is, uh, you know, I, I, I would say I came to Shakespeare relatively late. I was yeah, in the 12th same. grade. It's just, you know, kids get exposed to it earlier now. And Shakespeare... Yeah. Falling in love with Shakespeare is literally why I pursued my English degree. In in knows I mean Shakespeare, kind of Shakespeare and the Wu Tang Clan have been the two pivotal influences of why my life is my life. But um, I had a Shakespeare class in college, and the entire class except me was adamant that Romeo and Juliet was completely invalid because when you're 14, you don't know what love is. Oh, geez. and since a 14 year old doesn't know what love is this whole play is stupid oh, and it was like i was like so it, no and they were they all were like yeah 100 did they just not remember being 14 well i'm like one do you not remember being what was it was like being 14 two in a world where you lived to like 45 14's plenty grown you know what i mean they're they're already lords and ladies I mean, by that point in in three superman can fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes <laughs> these two 14 year olds are truly deeply in love and it's like okay yep <laughs> that's so weird because it is so much like about like like the overwhelmingness of love right the like that sort of and that's that love without really thinking things through which is very 14 right mm -hmm. god do you not remember the kind of crushes you had at that age like i don't know everybody comes to that at a different point but man i remember being a 
dummy at that Two age. households, both alike in dignity and, and fair honestly, Verona where we lay our scene. If, if there was like, if it was like a little more socially acceptable to make big life choices at that age, I would have done some really bad things. Yeah, right? Well, like, that makes more sense at 14 than it does if, oh no, they're 25. It's yeah. the kids are making bad decisions. The adults are making bad decisions. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. makes bad decisions. You, that you as an adult, maybe you should kind of listen to your kid and don't just be like, no, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, there's, there's so much that you just completely- It's like character work, really, when you get down to it. Right, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's, that's just like, I mean, again, to come back to Superman is the perennial analogy. If you're just like, no alien can be a hero because they don't really care about humans. You know what I mean? And that's just your thing, you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, we're told pretty clearly this alien cares like a lot. <laughs> so... You yeah. bring your alien. You bring your alien in for an interview and we'll just, we'll set them yeah. against each other. Oh, right. wait, you don't have one? Cause they're exactly. not. I got an alien and a dude that can summon <laughs> hammers. What do you got? You know? Yeah. So oh, that's dear friend. It's something that brings me continuous joy. And it was, I heard it in a very different context, but I have applied it in so many areas of my life. Not everybody that listened to Jesus Christ believed him. You know, I'm like, if JC didn't have a hundred percent closing rate, nobody does. So don't worry, just do your thing. For a more modern one, I looked up a book I'm reading, listening to right now and really liking. I looked at the one star reviews and they're all like, I hate this main character so much. She's so annoying. I'm like, she's amazing. What's wrong with her? But that comes down to it, right? Yep. It's like, not everything is for everybody. Yep. Well, you know, and then that is, is, is Aaron and I have talked about in the publishing process. Part of the reason why you have to have such a thick skin is so many things are subjective. In mm -hmm. editors are not infallible in purchasing agents. And just because something isn't to their taste doesn't make it bad. That's how you hear all of these stories of wallpapering the room with rejection slips until that one person says yes, and then it becomes the it biggest book one, in the world. You know? Yeah. One yes. You know, I mean what whatever whatever JK Rowling's flaws are, and they are numerous. <laughs> they are a um, lot. Harry Potter is an achievement, and there's yeah. people walking the earth today that turn that book down. Yeah. You know? They'd look right at it and be like, boy, wizard school, nah. You know? I, I, I do like to imagine the, those people sometimes, like, they're in a Barnes and Noble, they look over, you see a giant display, fuck. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. But in my experience, a lot of them, it just rolls off. You know what I mean? Like, Dunning-Kruger is real. But, I mean, some of them, some of them know they missed that bag. Some of them know they missed that bag. Yeah. You know? And that's a, a but I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out, though, that again, your your insulation is when you hear consistent criticism. Yeah. Consistently, people are like, the main character sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? One or two people, eh, it's in your taste. You know? Mm -hmm. Three, four people, you're like, eh, because you, you got to always ask yourself again, it's like, either what are you doing wrong or what are you doing that's coming across yeah. that way? Yeah that you can see what you can kind of shore up. I, but I, I mean, I actually had that literally recently with the thing I'm working on that I can't talk about right now. Um, mm -hmm. But I, essentially, I heard the third person say it and I immediately went, okay, I'm changing it. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I very rarely read the comments section anymore. But back in the day, I would read every single comment. And mm -hmm. for the most part, negative comments don't bother me at all. Because again, stuff is subjective and the internet's full of haters. Yeah. But 
if I read the first one, I'm like, that person's a hater. I read that same thing again. Some people got bad taste. I read that thing a third time. I'm like, well, okay. Either am I doing that thing or what am I doing that is resonating like that? You know, like if or you were like. just hit that one area of the echo chamber? <laughs> I mean, if, every, if everybody's like, when you cook, it tastes like soap. I'm like, well, I did use a lot of cilantro and some people can't. Do. Okay, okay. It's a cilantro. It's a cilantro. I can fix the cilantro. But there's also times that you're like, well, my cilantro soup is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe and it's may not for you. Maybe it's not for you. Well, your soup sounds just terrible. Uh yeah, probably. And I don't even I don't even have the soap gene. And I too am like I don't know that I would just be like mm, cilantro. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. But you yeah. know. But but it's it's an easy it's an easy example of something that can be subjectively valid for one person and not another one. Yeah. You know. So and then and I think that's that's the hardest part of knowing when to stick to your guns in when to budge because you're also not infallible i mean you yeah. have your vision for your wizard school but if somebody's like bro i'm telling you <laughs> having two friends that kind of go on adventures with the wizard is is really going to set it off you know what i mean and yeah. you're like i just wanted this to be a gritty introspective reflection on isolation at wizard school and you're like or <laughs> or maybe he needs some friends like i, I i've a lot of times and I apologize, I'm rambling. I know we're, we're late no, on time fine. here, but, but a lot of times I get brought into projects because people like, they're like, we have an idea. You know what I mean? They'll be like, we got an idea for a wizard school. We know there wanna be some houses. We know the wizards are separated from the real world. And I will come in and be like, great. Well, you also need this, 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 and this. You know, like um, Lena and Snowball, which was the first movie that I got produced, which is a cute little family film about a girl that finds a white lion oh, yeah. and she and she takes it home and she kind of keeps it and i think i've told you guys before yeah. <laughs> the first the first version of this they had everybody at school was making fun of her for having a lion and i'm like do you know any kids like who's gonna laugh at you for having awesome. a Nobody. fucking lion what are you talking Nobody. about you but, will but, suddenly have a million friends because you've got a lion. Exactly. Yeah. But, but then the second thing I created was I gave her a dog because for the first half of the movie she's this shy, isolated kid, and I'm like, she's got to talk to somebody. Yeah. So she's gonna talk to the dog. You know what I mean? Because it was like, otherwise you're like, you're gonna have a lot of scenes of her sitting in a room, staring at the wall, looking sad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Versus at least I have a reason to monologue and tell you what's happening in my head. I'm going to talk to the dog, yeah. you know, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. necessity. Uh, well, you, you're right. We are getting towards the end of the time. I also do love that we uh, all laughed at the beginning about tangent gods. Oh, come on. Now. I, I think we probably hit the I highest number laugh. of tangents uh, this episode. <laughs> I just want to be clear. I am putting that on my business card. <laughs> yeah, man. It's true. Someone right said next it. to beautiful fucking legend. Just to be clear. <laughs> that is, you know, you you can you can quote Chris and me for that one. There, you know, that is the as the at down at the bottom. Put it on my whiteboard. That's gonna get me through the week. I like mm -hmm. that. <laughs> Great. I love Very that. sparkly. Very sparkly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap things up. Friends, where can people find you? What awesome things are you working on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. You can uh, join me on Monday uh, for Concentration Check, co-writing space at 1.30 p.m. Pacific on Twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrawlers. Come do some Pomodoro Sprints with me. 
You can pick up my book, A Pseudo Locked Room Mystery with a bunch of magical nerds, Empire of Exiles. Wherever you find books I've purchased. Also review it. Yes, yes. Yes, And don't give it one star. I will find you. Like yeah, she's yeah, too yeah. good of a person. <laughs> yeah. I will look up your I got some bad news for you. Only that five star button works right now. All the other ones are broken. We don't ask why. Yeah. Uh, You know, maybe money was exchanged. Who knows? But those are the buttons. They don't work. (laughs) Saying, fucking find you. You've used that handle somewhere else. It's just a matter of time. Uh, B. Dave Walters, I say words about things uh, besides vaguely threaten anybody who wants to say something (laughs) not unkind to Aaron or Trevor. Um, you can find me all over the interwebs, <laughs> wherever fine streaming content is located. When's this going up? I got to make sure I have the right things. Well, pending what time this goes up Wednesday at two o'clock Wednesday, we have another charity game for Wave of Rape That's Crisis right. Center. Um, so two o'clock, come, uh, we'll have some fun, help some people. That um, is going to be an awesome game. Also got my three programs out in the wild, 14 day DM, 14 day player, 14 day writer, help you, uh, Cut about five years off of the, your journey into doing this thing that we do. Some of these tips and tricks of how we've just kind of gotten where we are, I will share with you much, much easier than we had to figure them out. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There's an A, an a hiding in there. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if uh, you have any uh, questions or topic suggestions or anything like that, you can send them into writing about dragons and shit gmail.com like Chris did on this episode. Uh, and uh, uh, the, oh, I forgot to say, if you, you enjoyed the show though, uh, the best way to support is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice, telling your friends about the show. And if you want to keep up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at about dragons. But until next week, about some dragons and shit. Happy 75! <laughs> <laughs>